Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Albert, and I am from the Burke Seventh-day Adventist Church out in the West. We have a very interesting lesson for this quarter. And this morning, I'm taking us on our lesson number seven. And the title of our lesson is Defeat of the Assyrians. Before we, we, we proceed, I want to say a prayer. Let's pray. Awesome God, I thank you for this time that we can discover the Word of God together. Lord, I pray the same way you inspire the prophets to write your word, the same way you inspire and guide our minds and heart as we discover the word of truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our memory first is in Isaiah 37, verse 16. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the God who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Families, the Bible tells us Solomon was the wisest man ever lived. The book of Ecclesiastes said there is nothing new under the sun. In Romans 15 verse 4 tells us that everything that is written in the Bible is written for learning. In verse Corinthians tell us that we will live in the last days that we might have hope. In the book of Christian Experience and Teaching, chapter 33, Ellen White tells us that we have nothing to fear for the future, except that we have forgotten how God has led us in the past. The leaders in the biblical times were to interpret how God has walked in their life in its history. They tried to keep the memory of the exodus and the wilderness experience the miraculous power and the deliverance of God to help people in our time to understand and apply God's word because Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He changed not. He is the same God that is still leading us today. They were to identify to the people God's will in the national crisis and when the crisis were over, they were to have hope and comfort in Christ. Isaiah was one of those prophets that was a safe God, and he had been an advisor to the king over 60 years. And he had his ministry throughout four kings of Judah. That is Uzziah, also called Zechariah, his son Chotam, and his grandson Ahaz, and his great-grandson Ezekiah. The fact that he doesn't talk about Ezekiah's son, but Manasseh indicates to us that his prophetic ministry was done right about the time of the end of Azekiah's life. And so it's very interesting that we have these four kings, and you can see in 2 Kings chapter 15, you can read it on your time, it says, Uzziah was the king and he did right in the eyes of the Lord. And then in 2 Kings 15, 32 tells us that his son Chotam became king after him and he did right in the eyes of the Lord as well. And then we see his son Ahaz became king and does not do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. And then his son Hezekiah becomes king and then he does what is right in the eyes of the Lord. So families, we see in this story of experience, we see the roller coaster up and down of Israel, uh, some following God and some don't. And it's interesting, friends, that when we look at the sun, 
the grandson and great grandson, if you, with, we always thought, if you have a godly man, then his children will follow the Lord. But that's not always the case. Every one of us has the power of choice to choose whom we are going to serve. And even we see Ahaz, who was the wicked king, his son Ezekiah, when he came on uh, as king, he followed the Lord. So even a person may not be following the Lord, but his children will. Each one of us has a choice to make, to choose who we are going to serve. That is the power of choice that God has made available in heaven and on earth. So our study today is, is in Isaiah chapter 36 to 39. It's more to do with historical than prophetic. And when we look at it, we say, wow, that's great. But that's what's going to do with me. We want to apply the word of God in our lives. And there's a lot for us families to learn from these four chapters. Let's look at Isaiah 36, verse 1. It says, Now it come to pass in the 14th year of King Ezekiah that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. History shows us that Sennacherib became king in 705 BC. And four years later, in 701 BC, is when he came and made the first complaint against Israel, specifically the city of Judah. And in his own account of this campaign, he tells us that he captured 46 cities of Judah. The Rabsaka is not a name, but a title. The Rabsaka is a cup bearer of the king that tasted wine in case someone puts poison in them. That person will die rather than the king if they have poison in it. That's a very interesting job. Now, 2 Kings uh, 18, verse 1 to 18. I want us to, to, read, to read that one. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me as we read uh, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 to 18. Now it says, And it come to pass in the dead year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Ezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Habi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what is right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the eye places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel still burn incense to it and call it Neustan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. Wow, that is, that is powerful. I want you to take note on that verse. We'll come back to it. I'll read again, verse 5. Ezekiah trusted in the Lord, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. Woo, that's powerful. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, 
but he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered whatever he went, wherever he went. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Kesa and its territory. From Watchtower to Fortified City. Now it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel. Then Salamansa, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years, they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is, the ninth year of Hosea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away captive to Assyria and put them in Hala by the Abba, the river of Gosan, and in the cities of the Mitch. Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded them, and they would neither hear nor do them. And in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Laches, saying, I have done wrong, turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. Then Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to, king, to the king of Assyria. Families, here we see the details of what we read in Isaiah 36. We see a lot more information added to the story. Some interesting thing that I want to point out to you is Hezekiah did what is right in the eyes of the Lord. We see how he tore down the high places, how he tore down all the holders, how he told the people of Israel to go to Jerusalem, to the temple and worship the God of the universe. And so he tried to reform the land of Judah. He also rebels against the Syrian oppression of God's people. Families, we see the Assyrian king defeats him. And so Hezekiah says to him, I will pay you whatever you ask. And so he gave them this great tribute. Then we see that the Assyrian king still come up against Jerusalem to besiege it, even after he has paid them all his tribute. The king asked them a very important question in Isaiah 36. In whom? Are you going to trust? Now imagine after he had all captured those cities and that the people have already been frightened. But then he came and said, whom will you trust? Will you still trust in your God? You can trust in me and not in your God. Family stay is a spiritual battle that is going on. The enemy of our soul is fighting against us. We are not fighting against flesh and blood families, but we are fighting against the spiritual forces of darkness still disturbing us today. Do not let 
Ezekiah, deceiving you into thinking that your God will save you. That's what he said. So here we see that the issue was directly to challenging their faith in God. Families, are you challenged? Are your faith being challenged at the moment? Are you going to give your loyalty to God? Or are you going to give your loyalty to Satan? You're going through some challenges where sometimes it's just, it's, it's just very hard to make a decision which way to follow. Now, brothers and sisters, we know that history will repeat itself. In fact, we are living in a very interesting time. Are we going to trust in the doctors that they can save us from this COVID-19? Are we going to trust in our government that they have the best interest at heart that we must not gather together for worship on Sabbath mornings? So we have a very important question to ask ourselves. In whom we are going to trust? I want to read Psalms 91. Psalms 91, verse 5 and 7. Verse 5. You shall not be afraid by the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Wow. Thinking about the pestilence we have in this world we are living on. The question we are going to answer, in whom we are going to place our trust? Are we going to trust in the doctors, the governors, WHO, the vaccine, the nations around us to protect us? I'm simply saying and challenging each one of us in whom you will place your trust. I want us to think about the three Hebrew boys who were told by the government, you got to do it our way or we will throw you into the fire furnace. Friends, what is the response from the Hebrew boys? This is the response. They said, our God will save us from the fire. But if he doesn't, we want to let you know, O King, we will not bow down to your image and worship your image. We will continue to trust in God, no matter what. Friends, this is the kind of faith that God is looking for in each one of us in this end time crisis that we are living on. In whom will you trust? I love the way Job put it in Job 13 verse 15. In the midst of all his going through, he said, though he slay me, yet I will trust in you. You see, friends, Sennacherib challenge is a, in reality a direct deviance of God. Your God will not be able to save you. I want you to think about this in a minute. In 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 14, when he said, give me a present. Bring the gift to me and I will give you freedom. I will give you peace. I will give you finance. Uh, you will be looked after well. 
But think of this in Ezekiah, which has already read in 2 Kings 18, verse 14. It says, Ezekiah already gave him a tribute. So he won't attack them, but now he's asking for more. Families, the enemy of our soul will never ask enough. Give him an inch and he will take a mile. And they gave him the tribute and now he's coming for another tribute. John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I come that they may have life and have it to the full. What is called satisfaction? The enemy will never satisfy what you give him. He always want more. He will steal our attention and he will get everything from us and then he will kill us at the end. Revelation 13 verse 4, the first beast who is able to make war with him. This is the same thing that the Assyrian king was doing here. Families' history will be repeated. The same thing will happen. The Rabshakeh was saying in Isaiah 36 verse 13 and 14. Let's read Isaiah 36 verse 13 and 14. Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew. And he said, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Ezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Who can make war against the king of Assyria? Families, is that the same thing that says in Revelation 13, verse 4? Who is able to make war with the first beast? Friends, there was no effective answer the people could give to the Assyrians. Assyrian leaders. There is nothing they could do to turn away Sancherib away from his purpose, to turn the real enemy behind from what his purpose are. So wisely the king said to them, say nothing. Say nothing. Don't respond to the enemy. Friends, don't try to get on with an argument with the devil because you are not going to win. You will be able to convince him that he is wrong. The king told them wisely not to answer him because you cannot be able to convince the devil and tell him he is wrong. But Ezekiah trusted God and he had faith that God will be able to deliver them. So the people came and told the king what Rabbi Sek had said. And if you look at verse 1 in chapter 37, chapter 37, verse, verse 1, And so it was when King Ezekiah ate it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. When King Ezekiah ate it, he removed his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and he went into the house of the Lord to seek him. You see, friends, the king had done everything he could do to prepare the people to protect themselves from the enemy and increase the water supply in Jerusalem. He strengthened his fortification, further equipped and organized his army, and he increased the security 
on Jerusalem's water supply. Read that for yourself. Very, very interesting. You see, friends, when he had done everything humanly, he goes to the one who can truly help him. Families, we find ourselves today in the same situation. God has given us some responsibility that we need to do. We need to do what we can do as a human with faith and leave the rest to God. I think of the experience of David when he confronted Goliath. When everyone was scared, David came and told them, the God of heaven, no one can kill that guy unless the God of heaven will. David went and collected some stone and he threw the stone and then he said, God, this is how much I can go. You take charge and God take the stone into Goliath. Families, we found ourselves today in the same situation with a global pandemic. Yes, we, we need to practice social distancing. Wearing of masks is compulsory. Sanitize our hands regularly. When we have done everything humanly, families, who are we going to trust? Are we going to trust in God to take care of us? Ezekiah goes to the Lord in prayer. And while he was praying, his heart out to the Lord. Let's look at that in verse 37, verse 2 and 4. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household of Sebna, the scribe and the elders and the priest covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said to him, Thus says Ezekiah, This day is the day of trouble, and rebuke the blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there, there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of Rabsekah, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. Ezekiah goes to the Lord in prayer, and while he was pouring his out to God, he also asked his friends to pray for the remnant. God looked, Ezekiah looks for the prayer warriors to pray. Families, when we're going through difficulties, let's look for people, the prayerful people in our church, people that we know of, ask them to pray for you. I see Ezekiah is doing something very important. Here he's trying to bring about reform. He takes about down the high places. He's staying down all the elders, the holders. He's asking everyone in Jerusalem to come and revive and worship the true God of Israel. He says we are going to break out all the idols. We have come to the point of birth. We don't have the strength to go out. We need to give our life to Jesus. He needed God. It does something very important. Friends, I don't know about you, but when I am in trouble myself, I spend time on my knees, crying and boring my heart to God. When I am in trouble, I ask my friends to pray for me. Now let's look at 
what happened in Isaiah 37 verse 5. So the servant of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Surely I will send the Spirit upon him, and he shall hear the rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword of his own land. Friends, when you pour out your heart to God, when you pray to him, God is already there with an answer. Here we see Isaiah tells him, your God is with you. He is going to save you. Now the Rapseka asks a very important question, families. In whom are you going to trust? And friends, we might ask another question. Can God really be trusted? Can God be trusted? I love what it says in 2 Kings 5 to 7. Hezekiah, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, God of Israel. So after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah. Wow, that is powerful. Let me read again. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord, he did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Hezekiah trusted God so much. The Bible says there is none before him and after him. Wow. Friends, how would you like that to say about yourself? Wow. Imagine the Bible will say, Albert trusted in God so much and there was no one before him and no one after him like him. You trust in God so much that there is no one on earth before and after you. Wow. Families, I want to finish off with this Bible verse. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Families, everything that is impossible with man is possible with God. I don't know about you, but if there's some circumstances in life where you're going through, where there is darkness before you, you don't know what to do, go down on your knees, because we serve a God of impossibilities. It is my prayer that God will continue to lead us as we live in this time of crisis, God will lead us, give us success and prosperity. We need to trust in him. It is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.